My name is Beth Gibson, and you're listening to Art Smitten for Sin Nation. Um, and I'm in the studio today with Rani Promesti, if I pronounce that right, yeah. um, who is the creator of a really interesting show for um, Next Wave Festival. And I'll get her to tell us about that show in one moment. But firstly, I just want to do um, just a trigger warning that we're going to be discussing um, some issues of child sexual abuse today. And if you find this triggering in any way, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. Um, yeah, so Rani, just to start off with, can you tell us what your show is and mm. a little bit about it? Sure. So um, the show is called Sedih Suno. Um, Sedih is Indonesian for sadness, and Suno is to listen in Fiji and Hindi. So the work is actually a very gentle invitation to listen to sadness. So Sedih Suno is a co-creation by myself, Rani Pramesti, um, Ria Sumarjo, Kei Murakami, and Shivanjani Lal. And it's a performance installation for 12 people at a time. And um, it's a work that's inspired by my mother's sadness, in particular sadness um, that arose out of an experience of being sexually abused as a child and how that colored her life um, with sadness ever since. Mm. So, yeah, it's... um, Do you want me to go into the more details? Yeah, so I know that there's a bit of a story behind Mm. the inspiration for this work. Yeah, yeah. So um, initially the four of us um, were wanting to look at how our four um, very diverse families... um, So initially, the four of us wanted to look at um, how the four of our families came to make Australia home. Mm -hmm. And then um, we, when we started the development in the studio for the first time, we realized that all four of us were quite close to our grandmothers. So we started being really interested in intergenerational legacy. So what gets passed on from grandmother to mother to daughter. Yeah. And so um, as part of that uh, research process, I suppose, I went over to Indonesia um, to be with my mother to try and find the house where my grandmother used to live in Java. And then in that process of um, trying to find that house, revisiting like all the old places where they used to eat together, the places where they used to walk together, the river, the city, etc. My mother and I um, kind of got to talking a lot, right? And she opened up to me about a particular time um, in that house, which actually involved this trauma that she experienced as a child. Yeah. So when I went back to Melbourne with hours and hours and hours of recording, it was that one hour with my mom where she spoke about the abuse that really stayed with me, like really strongly. And in making my work, I like to, um, I try to listen to my intuition a lot, I suppose. And that's the thing that really kind of spoke to me. Mm. So eventually I asked my mom, hey, is it okay if I share this with our core team of four women? And then see what happens. And at the time, I I remember saying to my mom, I don't know if we're going to make a show from this. I just want to share it first and see what happens. And um, basically, you know, everyone had a really strong response to it because it it is a very potent story. Um, And then we tried to make it work uh, with, at the time, uh, we were working on two stories. So one still about grandmothers that has to do with the visual artist in our group, Shivanjani Lal. And the other one is my mother's story. And we thought that the connecting theme was still about intergenerational legacy, Mm. but just of different generations. And then basically we tried to make those two stories work for about six months. It was like quite a long process. And eventually um, we came to the painful um, conclusion that actually Mama's story is just so strong and potent. It overpowers the other story. Mm. 
So can we make a commitment as a group that this is a story that we're going to tell and we're going to support it with all other elements, lighting, visual, sound, narrative, storytelling. Everything is going to support this one story. Mm. So that's what Sadisuno ended up being. Yeah. It's still about um, intergenerational legacy, but much more specifically about um, what I've inherited um, since my mother spoke up about this experience of abuse. Mm. Yeah. It's it's interesting because with um, with stories that are about sexual abuse, particularly child sexual abuse, mm. it's often, um, we're often sort of encouraged not to talk about them mm-hmm. and for them to be sort of a private thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess you've gone sort of the other way almost with this mm-hmm. with yeah. this piece. In, it's yeah. a, quite a public performance in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that decision. and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my mother's experience um, was of shame and of secrecy. And I think I'm one of the main motivations of making this work for me, I can't speak for the rest of my teammates, but for me, it's to it's a demonstration to my mom, you know what, you don't have to be ashamed, you don't have to keep this a secret. In fact, you were brave enough to share this with me. Are you okay for me to share it with a lot of other people? Hmm. And that in itself is a message that people who have been abused, you don't have to be ashamed, you can speak up if you want to. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think is really important to stress. My mom went through a particular process of um, of healing herself, actually, and coming to terms with her sadness and then confronting her perpetrator, actually. Mm. Um, but not everyone gets to do that. And not everyone gets the kind of support that my mom still continues to get from her very close um, network of siblings and friends and now, you know, children as well. Mm-hmm. So not everyone has those privileges, actually. So I'm not saying that everyone has to speak up and that's the only way to heal. But my mother did speak up. So I'm taking this gift and I'm sharing it with other people. Um, And it's part of the motivation of my company, Rani P Collaborations, is to inspire conversations, self-reflection and social change. Mm. So I suppose it's kind of a humble, intimate offer towards that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So with it, you were sort of talking a bit before about all these... Oh, yeah, go for your life. Um, Yeah, or just... (laughs) You were talking a little bit before about all these different elements that are in the performance, Mm -hmm. the lighting, props, um, visual, sound. I'm wondering, without spoiling anything, if you could tell me what an audience member could expect to find when they Mm -hmm. enter the performance space. Yeah, so they can expect to find um, hmm, a set constructed out of my mother's collection of batik, so Indonesian textile art. Um, They can expect... Very beautiful, calming music by Ria Sumarjo. So she is Javanese-Australian, um, and her music is inspired by some Javanese elements, but also she's playing an Indian instrument, the tambura. So it's quite a meditative instrument. Mm. You can expect a lot of attention to detail, to the visuals. So um, we're a very multidisciplinary team. So um, Shivanjani Lal, as I said, is a visual artist. Ria Sumarjo is a musician and composer and singer as well. And Kay Murakami is an arts therapist slash social worker slash lighting designer. And then myself as a theater maker. So all four of us, I think, bring different attention to detail to different senses. So you can expect your senses to be stimulated in many different ways. And you can expect um, the four of us keeping you company every step of the way. Because hmm. that's another thing about my mother's experience um, in that um, I think she was very alone as a child in the abuse you know, there was, she didn't speak about it to anyone for years. 
So I think this work is also an antithesis to that. We want to keep people company in whatever emotions may arise for them, whether it's sadness or otherwise. Mm, yeah, that sounds really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this piece that you've made is the first, I think, the first um, production of your company, Rani mm. P Collaborations. Mm. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how Rani P Collaborations came about. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, this is a really big story. I don't know how much time we have. Can we get the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. totally, version. totally. <laughs> it was actually supposed to be the People of Color Performing Arts Company. So I actually convened a couple of meetings where, um, with a collective of artists um, who were interested in POCPAC, well, People of Color, Performing mm -hmm. Arts Company. And um, eventually I realized trying to come to an agreement with a group of artists is like worse than herding a, uh, what is it? Um, herding cats. You know that, you know I that don't expression? Know. No. Uh, no? Yeah. Uh, you know, because cats are so individualistic yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Like it's really hard. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, you know what? Actually... I'm just going to call this after me because I initiate a lot of projects and then I lead in terms of as a producer as well as an, as an artist. So um, Rani P, my name, but also collaborations because I never work alone. So I always work collaboratively, whether it's with a production team or an artistic team or mentors. Many people seem to have the generosity to want to help me. Mm -hmm. And then um, in terms of the vision to inspire conversations, self-reflection and social change, I think it's partly from my social work background. I was always motivated to contribute to something bigger than myself through my art. In fact, that's why it took me such a long time to jump ship from social work into the arts. It's mm. because I couldn't convince myself that I could be useful to society as an artist. So actually the last couple of years have been a really big journey for me in discovering how can I be useful to society as an artist. Mm. So Rani P Collaborations is my offer in that. Yeah, yeah I've on, kind of very much on that note, I've got mm. your vision here and yeah. it says, um, this is the vision of the Rani P Collaborations. The vision is to inspire conversation, self-reflection and social, social change through intimate and insightful stories by and with culturally diverse women, which is mm -hmm. a pretty amazing vision. Ooh, I, I find <laughs> particularly interesting in this it is this link between intimate storytelling and mm. social change. I'm yeah. wondering a bit about what, how you see the power of storytelling mm. and, and the intimacy. Yeah, you know, Sudisuno is such a good uh, encapsulation of that vision um, because, as I said, it's for 12 people at a time with four artists. It's really intimate. You get um, a s small group one-on-one -on -one experiences um, at point, different points of the performance I'm still trying to figure out why I believe in the power of intimate, relational, deep, personal art. But I believe in it so much. I think I believe in going, affecting people deeply rather than necessarily prioritizing reaching many, many people, but on a surface superficial level. And we've been finding that through this performance, Sudisuno, but also with my previous work, Chinese Whispers which was similarly for one person at a time, actually. Mm -hmm. It seems to give people a sense of presence. So they are really present with us, and we try to be really present with them. And it's like they open up to the message that we're trying to pass on. Mm -hmm. And it's a complex message. You can take on many different messages from what we do. 
But because we're present with people, and there's only a few of us, it just seems like it reaches people more deeply, you know? Yeah. Rather than being seated amongst a hundred or maybe thousands of people, which is an, an experience in itself. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's a really good question, but it's something I really believe in. I wonder if it has to do with the social work experiences that I had. I worked in many different homeless shelters in quite intimate settings, um, where sometimes I would have meetings with people in their most vulnerable state, one-on-one, -on -one, or with their whole family, but only three or four people. And those moments really matter, you know? Mm. Those conversations where people just want to be heard. I wonder if that's a bit of the influence in, in my artwork. Mm. For some reason, I really believe in it. Talk to me again in two years, Beth. Okay. Because maybe I'll have a better sense of why I believe in it so much. Mm. But I think it's powerful. And the feedback we get from people is powerful. They're really affected by it. Yeah, I'm wondering what kind of <clears throat> feedback have you gotten for Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, often very personal feedback. Um, so I won't share the details, of course, because it's very personal mm. feedback. But... We get the feedback that people are surprised by an overwhelming sadness, but then they're comfortable to sit with it. And they're really surprised by that because normally it comes with, at one point someone said, unbridled discomfort. But during Sadisu, no, no, they can actually sit with it. Hmm. Um, we had a very interesting response where they were like, I didn't feel sadness at all. I felt really angry. I can't believe that happened to your mom. You know, like I just wanna, I just wanna do something really terrible to that person who did that to her. Mm. Um, which you know, I can totally relate to that, of course. Um, so that's been good learning for me because I'm like, again, this is a very specific story for my mom. It colored her life with sadness. For other people, maybe it was anger, maybe it was despair, hopelessness, whatever it was for other people. You know. So yeah, very diverse responses, but we definitely seem to affect people. Mm. Yeah. Also, surprisingly. Many people have said, oh, it's surprisingly calming, you know, for a topic that's so confronting. By the end of the performance, because they go through this journey with us through music, through sound, through ritual, people then arrive at a really quiet, reflective place. And that for me is like, oh, I, I'm over the moon. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we intend, you know. It's, I know it's confronting, but hey, let's gently, we'll take your hand and go through this together. It doesn't have to be scary. Mm. And we, you can sit down and have a cup of tea at the end. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> really, really lovely. Yeah. Um, okay, so your performance, City Sunu, I think it's like pretty much booked out. Yeah, but funnily enough, for some reason, every performance, there's always been one or two people who hasn't shown up, including paid paid patrons it's really bizarre okay so try your luck so that's a good tip you can yeah. if you show up there is quite a good chance yeah that you might be able to yeah. Yeah. to get a spot and enjoy this mm. like very intimate experience can i say where to find more info and stuff go for it yeah cool so for info on booking tickets go to nextwave.org.au and the performance is called sidi suno by rani p collaborations for more info about me and rani p collaborations go to ranip.com.au Fabulous. Thanks so much for speaking to me, Thanks Rani. so much. Really enjoyed it. Cheers. Yeah, it was cool. wonderful. Cool. Cool.